0: Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. If you would like more information about First Baptist Church of Silva, please visit firstbaptistsilva.com. You would have been embarrassed had you seen her bursting into that dinner party, disrupting everything, knocking over chairs and trays of food, all to get to Jesus. Jesus. And then carrying on like that, weeping, caressing Jesus' feet, emptying out perfume all over him. Have some dignity, woman, we'd mutter. Show some restraint, woman. But Jesus didn't seem surprised at all by the woman who was crying at his feet. In fact, he seemed pleased by what was happening. I tell you, her sins which were many, have been forgiven. That's why she's showing such great love. But to the one whom little is forgiven, they love little. And then we remember that Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. Marvelous, infinite, matchless That's how the old hymn describes grace. Grace that is a gift, a mercy, something completely undeserved. Freely bestowed on all who believe, the old hymn says, you that are longing to see his face, will you this moment his grace receive? The other day I was remembering the cloak of invisibility in the Harry Potter epic. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's this cloak that individuals, namely Harry Potter, could put on and hide, conceal from the world around them. What a delicious fantasy, right? I mean, how attractive is it to have the ability to hide away from others around us, whether at work or at school, here in our community, to suddenly become invisible, set apart. Who among us wouldn't want something to hide, that which we want to conceal? Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about. The private mode on your internet browser. The burner phone with the secret phone number. The well-constructed belief that if people don't have evidence of your misdeeds, that they don't exist. I've got news for you. God knows what you're up to. Hebrews tells us, indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It's able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God that's described here literally, lagos, means the Word of God. For those of us that have been here on our Christmas Eve service, we read ultimately from the Gospel according to John, in the beginning was Lagos, the Word. The Word, y'all, is God's message to humanity. Lagos is God's revelation to us. It's always been present, and it's become incarnated, of course, in the person of Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one. And it's this word of God, Hebrews tells us, incarnated in the person of Jesus. This logos is stronger than any cloak of invisibility we could weave to conceal the evil intentions that we harbor and exhibit The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting open, literally, revealing, exposing the deepest parts of ourselves to the light. And here's the kicker that stops me in my tracks. The word of God is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. I don't know about y'all, but I've become quite good at concealing the intentions of my heart. The things in my mind, if they can't see it, it doesn't exist. If they can't hear my thoughts, they don't matter keep them locked away, a a lovely cloak of invisibility, hiding what's truly and really there. And yet this scripture tells me that nothing is safe from God's eyes. That woman, the woman who burst in and threw herself at Jesus, she knew this. She knew that Jesus knew the truth about her. She knew, as the preacher in Hebrews knew, that no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render an account. It's those last few words that truly make me shudder. All will be exposed to the one who has power to see it and that we must render an account. Y'all... Every one of us will be judged by our maker for everything we've ever done or thought or dreamed or fantasized about or wished. Even now I tremble at the thought of that moment we will all inevitably face, So it's the words of the hymn that that soften my hammering heartbeat. Marvelous, infinite, matchless grace, freely bestowed on all who believe. You that are longing to see his face, will you this moment his grace receive? My first impulse is to secure a lawyer. Is there a lawyer or two in the house? Because with this word before me, I want some representation. I want somebody to represent me and to stand before the judge when my knees buckle out of fear for my obvious guilt. For I know what I've done, and I certainly know what I have thought. I know what I have intended to do, and my ways are not of God's. So in ancient Israel, they didn't have a law office that you could visit in the hopes of getting representation to try to head off things that the past before judgment is rendered an intercessor. That's what I need. Someone to stand between me and the judge. Someone who can make my case better than I can. That's what I need. Of course, in Jesus, God Has given his people the gift of a high priest. Now, the function of the high priest was to to be the one to approach God on behalf of the people, to take into the very presence of God their gifts, their offerings, their sacrifices. And why? Because we, as God's beloved, created, we are creatures. Created by the God of the universe, we cannot stand before him. That's well documented, y'all. Which is why God loved us so much that he sent Lagos, the word of God in Jesus, to be with and to dwell among us. Not to condemn us, that's not God's intention, but rather to save us. Which is why Jesus becomes our high priest, the one who becomes our intercessor, the one who goes into the Holy of Holies to stand before us. A new covenant sealed in the blood of his sacrifice is Jesus. And this is what the author of Hebrews reminds us about Christ's function as the high priest. He says, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one in who in every respect has been tested as we are yet without sin. You see, Jesus knows what it's like to be human. Jesus knows what it's like to sweat, to have calloused hands, to be angry, to be upset, to be worried, to be conflicted, to be drowsy, to fight for his own survival. Jesus knows what it's like to sit where you sit and to encounter the world as we have encountered it. Jesus has been tested in every respect as we have. Really, every respect. Was he tested to to seize power? Teased to give in to lust? Tempted by greed? Yes. Was he lured into despair and laziness? Led to give in to his anger? Invited to swim in pools of envy? Yes. And still, Jesus did not sin. Jesus was completely removed and separate from sin. It was not in him. So hear the good news of the gospel, brothers and sisters. Jesus, the one who knows how hard this world is, he sympathizes with us. The one who will stand before God at the day of judgment will have Jesus put his arm around us and say to God, he's with me. She's with me. Marvelous, infinite, matchless grace freely bestowed on all who believe. You that are longing to see his face, will you this moment his grace receive? The woman who burst onto the scene disrupted Simon's dinner party. She was longing to see Christ's face because she knew that only Christ could save her. She had experienced God's gift of mercy in spite of her many sins and she could not help but to express her gratitude. It was extraordinary, right? Yes. It was disruptive. Absolutely. Absolutely. But her response to Jesus was appropriate because the measure of her response was matched by the enormity of the forgiveness rendered. That woman's message to us this morning is this go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. Do not delay. He is the only thing that can save you, that can get you out of the mess that you've created. Approach him with confidence, with boldness, just like Hebrews tells us here. Remove your cloak of invisibility. You're not fooling Jesus, y'all. God knows your sins. God knows them all. So throw out the prayers that you've been reciting for decades. The standard prayers that you don't even have to mouth because you know them so well. The standard, this will cover it all kind of prayer. Throw them out. Be honest with yourself. Be real with him. Because he's waiting for you. Don't walk. Run. Marvelous, infinite, matchless grace, freely bestowed on all who believe. You that are longing to see his face, will you this moment his grace receive? It's an open question, y'all. How will you respond to the gift of God's grace? We read God's word because it is the truth. You are here, we are here this morning because we hunger and thirst for someone to tell us the truth. God's word, by which we have all gathered here to hear and receive, tell us the truth about ourselves and the truth about God. The question now for us is, how will we respond I pray that you say yes to the invitation that is given to all. Marvelous, infinite, matchless. Let us stand together so that we are that much closer to responding. Stand, let's sing a song of faithfulness and respond together.